Hello, and welcome to Life Lab with Pete and Jode, where we dissect, discover, and evolve from life's little lemons. I'm Jodie Fleming. Thanks for joining Pete and I for episode two, the one about expectations. Hello again, my friend. <laughs> Hello, Jode. Oh my gosh, we thought this was going to be so much fun. I was so nervous. <laughs> it was much easier being in your seat the last time. Oh my God, it's so much easier being in my seat this time than it was last time. No. It's, ner- it's really nerve wracking. It is nerve wracking. And and then it sparks and you go, okay, this is good fun. And oh. then it's nerve wracking again. <laughs> All right. I'll just look forward to that little wave. Yeah. Um, before we jump in, though, we have to welcome and thank mm. all of our incredible listeners. I know. We had nearly a couple of hundred people listen to that. Um, first episode, the one about happiness. And not only did they listen, but they told their friends, they sent us messages, they rang us up, um, they posted comments. And I think we didn't quite realize it at the time. We were thinking, oh, yes, we're these great mates, these emotion scientists who, (laughs) you know, really tease apart all of their thoughts and feelings and experiences and behaviors in their lives. Little did we know, there's hundreds of them out there (laughs) and they've found our podcast. So thank you so much, everyone. We feel like we've started to create a little community um, and and you are just like us. And it is just like you've come into our lounge room with us and you're sitting on the couch with us and or going for a walk with us with your glass of wine or your coffee. We've both got our Ugg boots on. Well, that you took yours off. You're having a hot flush. <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> um, and that just makes it so, anyway, so beautiful, so comfortable. So beautiful. I It it has deeply touched us. Very much, like, very much. To tears. Yeah, two tears. It, it really has really deeply touched our hearts. Very much a surprise. A pleasant surprise. Yes. Thank you, everyone. An unexpected, pleasant surprise. And so, of course, today I've chosen to talk about expectations. And it's funny because, you know, you you chose your topic first, um, the one about happiness. Mm -hmm. And I had started thinking at that point before we'd even recorded yours, oh, what would I like to explore? And at that point there, and, and as always in my clinic, Clients come through the door every day disappointed. <laughs> wow. We're not laughing at you <laughs> at your disappointment. <laughs> but they're disappointed because of an unmet expectation. And so I hadn't really tied that to mm. happiness, mm. The, your topic. Yeah. Um, but of course, expectations are very closely tied to happiness and um, and often unmet expectations or no let me rephrase happiness is often tied to um, 
well, it, the either achieving or not achieving or meeting or not meeting an expectation. Mm. Um, so, yeah, funny how that synced up. And then I mentioned last time <laughs> there's all these coincidences and I love talking about coincidences because there's no such thing. <laughs> God, that's an episode. <laughs> that's an episode. No such thing. So um, I not only am I doing the John Cabot's in mindfulness course at the moment, but I'm also, you know, plodding my way through the science of well-being. It's a free course through Coursera um, from Yale University, but it's about, you know, helping them, I think, uh, complete their research into happiness. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny. So I just had started the introduction. Actually, our conversation reminded me that I'd enrolled. <laughs> so I went back. And then, you know, Little do I know, week three is about how expectations let us down. So I'm like, oh, my gosh, I feel like we could have written our own university degree. Oh, yeah. Our Life Lab university degree. Yes. Well, the university of life really is what living is all about because for me that's where you learn the most. Mm, Absolutely. Mm. No doubt about that. So and I think the other thing we could never have predicted Mm. after our first episode was possibly after our conversation about happiness, possibly how many moments or even hours or days <laughs> afterward that both of us would feel completely unhappy. Oh, miserable. <laughs> Fetal position. In pain, <laughs> rocking in the corner. So yes. much pain. <laughs> and can I ask you a question then? Yeah. In your heart of hearts, how much of that unhappiness was tied to some sort of expectation or having the fear of not having met some sort of expectation? It it was all in all tied to the fear of not having met the expectation. I find unhappiness a very funny term in itself though because, again, going back to what we spoke about last time, like that, that line of happiness, unhappiness is like stepping back from that line. So it's when you remove yourself from what's all actually naturally innately there and you go into your brain, your mind, your ego, and it rolls around 100 miles an hour and every single demon rises up with their fingers <laughs> through the soil trying to grab you and pull you down and it's like, oh, and you question and question and question and uh, that perfectionism, that looking back, that, oh, my God, because you have so much in your head and heart that you want to express, but then, and we would do that with each other naturally, and then when you all of a sudden think that other people are listening, you're like, oh, but, oh, and did they get it? And, oh, did I, like, you question constantly. So it became very painful at times. <laughs> I know, and your pain was contagious because <laughs> then I started getting inside my head oh. and... Uh, you know, I you know, and then worrying. Yes, um, have I now become the psychologist that reduced happiness to a single emotion? Oh God! What would people think? <laughs> oh my gosh! I'll be the laughing stock of the profession. Um, funnily enough, though, <laughs> another coincidence or not? <laughs> um, at work this week, we had to. We didn't have to. We did um some professional development. We joined a webinar with another psychologist. Who loudly and proudly stated, happiness is an emotion. (laughs) And I cracked up laughing. Ah! 
like, well, at least all psychologists think the same. I'm not going off on my own tangent. Exactly. Exactly. So, and of course, there are so many different kinds of happiness. There's uh, happiness, sorry, expectations yeah. is what I'm actually talking about. Yeah. Um, we have expectations of ourselves, which is what we were just talking about. Mm-hmm. We have expectations of others. Um, and I think we jump to a lot of conclusions about what other people expect from us mm. as well. Yeah. Um, and our expectations of those other people might, you know, include we expect them to think a certain way, feel a certain way, and certainly behave a certain way, um, which is pretty dangerous territory when mm. we think about it because <laughs> we're not inside their head um, and they're certainly not inside ours. We can have expectations for how life in general or how our future is going to roll out. Um, We can have expectations about what a book's going to be like or Mm. what a movie's going to be like or a restaurant meal. Um, But I'd really like to start by talking about the expectations that we might have for other people, the people that we have relationships with or not, um, because they're the ones that seem to come into the clinic a lot and they're the ones that I notice for myself Um, that still tripped me up, even though, you know, I have all this life experience and I think I know a fair amount about relationships and about people. I still get sucked in (laughs) to the vortex of expecting something to be different than what it is. Mm -hmm. And then often feeling the disappointment um, that comes afterward. Mm. Where you're just looking at me very strangely. Oh, no, I'm just listening, really taking in what you're talking about. So are you saying you do that in your relationships or are you saying yeah, that? for sure. I think we all do. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And when you, when people come into the clinic? So people come into the clinic and it, and the, whatever relationship they're talking about, it could be their romantic relationship, so with their partner. Mm-hmm. It could be a relationship with their child. It could be um, a relationship with a co-worker or with a friend. And often they'll talk about um, how they wish something that that person was doing was different, that they wish that person would behave in a different way. Yes. For example. Sure. And then I always ask this question. Oh, have you told them that's what you need from them? Yeah. And they always come back with, well, no. (laughs) And they always then say it would just mean a lot more if they just thought of that themselves. Oh, wow. (laughs) And it makes me think about where that's true in my life. Yeah. Because ultimately... Our brain does this weird thing mm. where, and we've we've done this, we could talk about so many times in our relationship where yeah. either or both of us, um, this happens with everyone, not just us, but where we have this implicit, silent social contract <laughs> that's being drawn up by a lawyer. It is watertight. In a big chair, <laughs> charging a lot of money per minute. And it outlines exactly how I expect you to behave. Oh my God. How I expect you to think, how I expect you to feel, how I expect you to respond <sighs> to things happening in my life. Oh, Lord. But the kicker is, <laughs> I never tell you yes, about the deal. You don't. <laughs> Shut up. Sorry. <laughs> I'm trying to be 
Come on, I'm with you. Yes, you're right. (laughs) Concise. Everyone's getting it. No worries. And so this is what we do. This is what our brain does. So in our mind, there's this steel trap of a contract that we magically believe Mm. exists and also believe the other person knows about and agrees to without them ever, ever hearing about it, without us ever, ever talking to them about it. Yeah. And so (laughs) when they don't live up to our expectations, Mm. in our mind, they've failed not Mm. only our contract, but they've failed us. Yes. And that can have a massive detrimental impact on the quality of that relationship. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Massive. Yeah. It can completely destroy a relationship. Have you had any experiences? Well, when I think, when I listen to what you're saying, I just think about me and how many times I've let people down (laughs) in not meeting their expectations because A, I either haven't listened or B, I I have a very um, charming innocence to my way of living life that I've discovered and that innocence is free of any contracts. This is what I think. And it's true in some cases. So I'm not good at reading between the lines. I'm not good at, at reading anything but what I see in front of me. So what I'm a very what you see is what you get person and that's what I expect from other people. So I've come into so many um, uh, conflicts, I suppose, or disappointments with my relationships because people other people I've been in relationships with don't function like that so they're aware of the underlying cues or the underlying um, expectations and I'm not so it takes me an enormous amount of pondering and thinking and talking and understanding to actually pick up on cues that a lot of other people would pick up on quite readily. No, but that's you actually sound like you're doing it right. Oh. Like so my whole point is the people operating with the silent contracts oh, yeah. are not at all being fair to the oh. people they're expecting things from. How can they oh. without explicitly talking about in this relationship Mm, this mm. is how I expect you to behave yeah so what you're saying is you you sound like you are a person who is very verbal Mm -hmm, and expressive and you're would you say that you're good at asking for your needs to be met I'm getting better I wouldn't say I'm good at it I'd say that I'm more aware now that I I will probably say it more than I realize I say it and probably people find can find me confrontative because of that which is now I understand what you're saying which is where it's verbalizing Mm. and putting it out on the table um asking to be it's actually being assertive it's being assertive and yet yeah and that's not a constant like that's still my awareness of, of whether or not I'm doing that is growing and changing um and there are relationships where I'm very comfortable and know that I'm safe enough and I trust the other person enough to know that they're not going to get blown sideways if I go, hey, hang on a minute, what about this? 
I really need you. I didn't get that. And why are you behaving this way when I thought you meant this? So there's relationships where I feel really safe and comfortable doing that. That takes time. And then there's relationships where I just, I will avoid it like the plague and I'll Mm. just be, and then there there is that, like you're saying, there is that silent um, approval. So I take time sometimes to digest the path that relationships are going on and that's often taken as approval when it's actually not. It's just that I need that time to catch up or to understand and that's when it gets muddy. Oh, because then you might come back and go, oh, okay, so I've had to think about this thing yeah. and that's not okay for me. Yeah. And then they might be going, oh, but I was under the assumption all week that you've agreed because you didn't say anything. Absolutely. And then you're like, well, I'm sorry. No, that's that I, That was me taking some time out. Yeah. And then that person doesn't get their needs met, so then they get a bit shirty. And I was thinking about that with us only in the last couple of days and part of it about how you're a beautiful planner, like you you are very good at planning and preparing and navigating. There's a but coming. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say but. I'm not. And what happens sometimes is the planner will plan and I'll go, mm-hmm, 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 and I'll take it in. It doesn't mean I'm approving it. It's just like, oh, yeah, they're seeing because I'm not a planner. And then it'll come to that crossroads where we where we meet in the progression of what we're doing and I'll all of a sudden catch up and I'll go oh no hang on what about I don't want to do it like that I want to do it like this and the other person goes what the what are you talking about this has all been progressed you know and I think sometimes we operate a little bit like that where you've got you plan beautifully I sort of can totter along and then I'll go hang on I've caught up now and let's do it like this Thankfully, we know each other well enough where we can now negotiate that more than we we would have two years ago. Oh, for sure. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Yeah. yeah. And even in the, the week after the last episode. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I think we are like, so, for example, there were a couple of things in that last episode that may or may not have made it <laughs> into the, <laughs> the actual episode where... I was aware that you wouldn't have liked something, but I didn't want you. You are already you're so you're working so hard at the moment. You're so tired. You you're just you always just blow me away with how much energy you have. You just burn the candle at both ends, right? So this tiny <laughs> little thing, I was like, she's gonna hate that, but I'm not gonna say anything because saying something will push her over the <laughs> and I'm not going to do that. Um, and then in the end it all worked out, but I could have said something earlier mm. and probably maybe prevented a lot of what came after, but I'm I'm guilty of never wanting to – I always put other people's feelings ahead of my own. Yeah, yeah. But in the last couple of years – I've gotten much better at at being assertive mm. and expressing my opinions and my thoughts and my feelings yeah and stating how I believe things should go yeah um because I I don't know I think it's an age and maturity thing but I've actually found that you know tiptoeing around and walking on eggshells and trying to keep other people happy or please other people or put other people's 
needs ahead of my own often doesn't work anyway Yeah, because <laughs> ultimately it unravels at some point. But also it can lead to resentment yeah. on my behalf. Um, resentment is a big thing. And I think it goes hand in hand with expectations and yeah. not all expectations but certainly um, expectations that may not be so realistic. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And definitely the ones where you're aware there is this and I don't we're not conscious of this silent contract business, by mm-hmm. the way. This happens subconsciously. But when we hold it up to examine it, the situation and our need not being met, whatever that is, yeah. that's the point where we can consciously make a choice about do I now explicitly mm. discuss what I was expecting? Mm. And that's probably the point where, yeah, you should in a relationship. Yeah. And certainly in the last 12 months and probably even we had a big conversation like that in the lead up to our conscious living retreat. Yeah, yeah. Wowzers. Yeah, yeah. It's a whole other episode. <laughs> um, and in the years since then, you know, yeah. I've been very conscious of doing that in all areas of my life. And I think one friendship in particular, yeah, one that I really value, but one that was bordering on no longer existing, mm. um, I've had to, you know, have the tough conversation and be brave Mm. and um and the funny thing is like it's really scary like Mm. you're saying if it's so confronting it's so confronting that you almost might be sick it's so scary to Mm. do yeah but actually in my experience I would say a hundred percent of the time when you can front up and have the hard conversation it's actually gone way more beautifully and positively and has always led to growth in one direction or the other every single time. Yeah. And I think that's one of the other tricky things our brain does. It always it always over or yeah overestimates how bad something's going to be. Is that your ego, do you think? Your negative ego? I don't know what you would call it, but you know how, how yeah, it can take hold of stuff, and it's certainly one of our biases. Okay, yeah. um, and it it it's, it tends to it not only overrate how um, unhappy something might make us or how badly something might go, but it also overrates how happy something will make us. In the same, our For brain sure. is a very For bad sure. predictor, actually. Yeah. Um, in terms of research, you know, of the things that we think will make us happy. Things like winning Tats Lotto. Yeah. Things like getting married. Things yeah. like, um, you know, getting the job of your dreams, though, yeah. having a big house, driving a Ferrari, whatever it might be. Yeah. The research shows that we predict our happiness is going to be way up in the sky, but in actual fact, it tends to be not much different from how happy we are right now. Absolutely. And the same with our sadness. Yeah. We tend to predict that something terrible will make us so, so super sad we'll never get out of bed, but it tends to actually be around the same level as the happiness that we are right now. It's so strange. They're on the same, um, what do you call it, trajectory maybe? I don't know for want of a better word. It reminds me of a teacher telling me on retreat one day we'd gone through an experience and I can't remember exactly what it was, but something dropped and I went, oh that's it and she went yes 
healing is very ordinary. <laughs> and I was like, it is. She said, it's just like turning a page of a book, you know? Yeah, right. And it's like, it, that's exactly right. It's just like, oh, I've got that. It's like going, oh, I can, okay, I finished that page now. Got it. Understood it. Next page. And I suppose that's where um, expectations might not be our friend too because if we expect something mm. to make us over the moon mm. happy, like might be the solution to every problem in our entire life mm. and it's not that, then what's the gap between, you know, what we have and either what we thought we'd have or what we should have should's a key word it is yeah. or what we want even mm. that big gap is nothing but disappointment or discomfort mm. would you agree with that totally and I love replacing expectation with the word want and I think that's where like want mm. and should can get you into trouble oh yes because it links directly with your ego right and then you miss the ordinary and you miss the simpleness and the joy and the beauty in the ordinary, which is often where that incredible gem of life is. And I would love to, to talk about the difference in the word expectation and expectancy and how if you, if you look at your expectations, so say you're beginning on a path going somewhere, you're going to go on holiday or something, and you've got all of these expectations about the place you're going to go, the travel, the language, the food, the culture, the accommodation, the driving the plane, all this sort of stuff, and, and all of your memories feed into those expectations and you have layers and layers of images and colours and feelings and thoughts and emotions around where you're going to end up and it's almost like you pack them up in your suitcase and that's what you take with you and when you get to your destination you've either left you could if you've still got your expectations you have that suitcase with you when you arrive and you open it up and you put on all of these expectations like a hat and a pair of bikinis god forbid (laughs) right now (laughs) after COVID and you know you walk out into the streets and you're wearing your expectations and you're seeing through those eyes so you actually can miss so much but if you start your journey you recognize all of those expectations you put them in your suitcase and then you look at your suitcase and you go you know what that's a beautiful suitcase and it has some amazing memories and things in here that I would love to take with me but this is a brand new holiday and you leave that suitcase behind and you are ready for this holiday to be what you're ready for. So that sense of expectancy is what you travel with and then you look through the eyes of wonder or you look through the eyes of a child of oh my gosh I've never seen this before when it could be a bowl of noodles that you've eaten a hundred times or a colour that you've never experienced in this particular way and if if we can have the awareness to catch our expectations good and bad and then go right I I know they're there and they're probably going to be with me forever but I don't want them to be 
what I look, the lens that I look through. I'm going to put those down and try and look through the lens of expectancy and see what I find. I love that because, I mean, what you're just describing now, not only is it a lot of what we talked about in our first episode um, about, you know, having every day is a new beginning, like you were saying, but really you're talking about when there is no gap between what we want and what we have, when there is no expectation or desire for our reality to be any different than it actually is. And that's exactly what mindful awareness is. That's exactly what we got to with our definition of happiness um, in our first episode. And that just speaks so beautifully to this whole topic, doesn't it? Because And you use that, you know, we said should, we said want, you know, another word is must. You know, we talk about in psychology these unhelpful thinking styles. Yeah. We talk about masturbating. Oh. <laughs> but it's so funny. I've never heard that. Shooting and musting, you know. Okay, yeah. And that's, that's really, you know, that underpins, I guess, perfectionism or yeah. what we call unrelenting standards where nothing that we ever achieve um, is enough like or we might have this momentary sense of satisfaction but then it's empty mm. so we go pursuing the next thing mm. and the next thing and the next thing it's just unrelenting um, because uh, I think they talk about it in in that course that I mentioned before and I haven't read about it enough but hedonic adaptation oh wow so where whatever makes us happy <laughs> we become accustomed to that level of happiness and then we need something bigger and better in order to make us happier and so on and so on. And it's just this vicious cycle, which I think ultimately was the point I was trying to make last time, Yeah, was that if you go in the pursuit of happiness, you'll always end up disappointed because you can't always feel that. And what I said was a high high, which obviously isn't, you know, a mania or anything like that. But yeah, yeah. So sorry. So coming no. back to what you just said, I love that. I love that suitcase. And you're so right because our expectations. What do you think about this? Our expectations don't. They're not always a bad thing. No. Oh God, no. I think we 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 um often find them as negative things. In in hindsight, I think hindsight is a good is a very much a. Um, perspective of expectations but I think what's a good example for you of a good expectation or well I think you know we 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 can use if if so you were talking before about our suitcase with our memories and our experiences right yeah if we use past experiences and memories of times when a certain thing has eventuated the way that it did yeah as a basis for expecting that thing to happen again in the future. Yeah. So when it's a more realistic uh, expectation that's based on solid past experience, yeah, I think that's not a bad thing, right? Okay. And And I think also it's good for us to um, set goals for ourselves. I, I think it's a good thing for us to motivate ourselves and set realistically high expectations or standards for ourselves because we we should aim high and we should have something to look forward to and um and to try for Mm, absolutely certainly when we you know we know that there's 
the Goldilocks and the three bears approach to stress where there's just the right amount of stress that gets us up in the morning and gets us doing our research and gets us preparing and planning um, in order to achieve whatever that thing is that we're doing. Um, But if there's too much or there's too little, that's when it becomes problematic. And I guess what we're talking about today could be that our expectations in some circumstances are just way too high yeah yeah way too high and way too low and I think when you begin a process of reaching a goal or even making a goal or a dream or vision whatever you want to call it some people don't like calling them goals but I think you have to go like when they say dream big you know you it's okay to go as big as you can almost to the impossible dream like you go as far and wide as you can and or I know I do this I think enormously and then I always go the breath out of oh actually I'm gonna have to draw that in a little bit tweak it here and then it becomes a little bit smaller and it feels like the dream's getting smaller but in actual fact it's it's as if it starts to fit you like a glove it's like that vacuum packed dream (laughs) I just thought of that then I like it it's like it wraps itself around you until it becomes your second skin or your skin and then you're walking the dream and you're living the dream and it's like you've actually embodied that goal and that um, way of life and I was thinking too as you're talking it's like is this like the chicken and the egg thing is this like when you go what do they say um don't expect your eggs to hatch what is that saying when you're Expect your eggs to hatch before. Don't catch your, count your chickens before, before they, they hatch. hatch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, God, I was struggling with that too. So is this an expectation thing? It's like, okay, it, that's a really um, almost cuts you off. Like, oh, you go, oh, my God, I've got six eggs, so I'm going to get six chickens and it's going to be like this and this is how they're going to grow up and I'm going to have six chickens running around my farmhouse And in actual fact, when they hatch, you've only got three because three didn't make it. And then you're like, oh, but I didn't expect that. I wanted six. So could, what if you expected six eggs? (laughs) What if you expected six eggs? You are going to be very sad. Before you got six eggs. What if you actually said, I want six chickens before they were even hatched, before they were even laid? Well, see, I think then that's not a bad thing because I think you start with the forest, the big picture. Mm-hmm. That is where I want to be. I want to have six chickens. Amazing. Under big trees. But in magical thinking goes, yeah. just because we think something doesn't make it so. Right? Yes, right. So then we go, right, now what will I need in order to ultimately end up with six chickens? Oh, well, I need a mummy chicken and a daddy chicken, first of all. So step one, I go out and I buy my chickens and I build them a hatch. Hatch? Hatch, I think. (laughs) House chicken hen. Chickens live in. Okay. (laughs) We live in the country. This is terrible. Um, Okay. And then I start to go, okay, well, on average, I'm getting one egg per day from my chickens. Okay. And so then I think, well, if I want six chickens, is it realistic for me to expect to have six overnight when for the last month they've shown me that they only give me one? No. So what? So then I adjust. Okay. Yes. 
Um, I, the outcome is still the same, yes. but I start to create smaller bite size, achievable parts of that goal. Because you're coming to terms with reality. Well, I'm figuring out how to make it a reality. As well as coming to terms with it, aren't you? Because Yeah, well, I'm yeah. accepting that I'm Acceptance. not going to get six overnight. Mm. And actually... doesn't mean your dream won't come true. No, I'm still working towards my dream. For sure. For sure. I still want to have my six chickens. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to have to just... But if I keep beating my head against a brick wall every night going, I only got one egg, yeah. that's, you know, not necessarily going to change anything, is it? No, and that's that goes back to pushing the river. Mm, exactly. Yeah. And one of the things I read was saying that the antidote to expectations mm. uh, is gratitude. Oh. Which really for yeah. me is also acceptance and willingness, really, mm. willingness to have it how it is and not want it to be any different. Yeah, I like yeah, yeah, I like acceptance and gratitude as a remedy for sure because then you don't miss the gift all every step of the way. Yeah. That even that you've got a step. What I yeah, I won't we won't maybe go into the the thought about chickens even before you've got eggs. That's I have to think about that more, but there's something there. We'll all be thinking about the chickens, <laughs> don't worry. <laughs> there is something there. There's Absolutely. something there, and I, I'm I'm sorry I can't explain it, but it's it's there. I think can we tie it back to this? So when we're children, mm. this is one of Piaget's theories that as a part of our you know uh, development. We, we develop this ability to have this magical thinking mm-hmm. and, and that is that if I think something, mm. then I think just purely having the thought will make that thing happen. Mm-hmm. And at about the age of seven, we, we grow out of that. Mm. We no longer are delusional, and, delusional enough to think that, you know, I'm thinking about a cup of coffee so therefore it's going to make itself, you know, right? Yeah, yeah. But a lot of adults have a version of that magical thinking mm-hmm. um, and, and it's exactly what I was saying before about this silent social contract that we draw up. We expect yeah. the other person to already know what that is without talking about it. You know, that's magical thinking. Yeah, I expect yeah. you to be able to read my mind. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, but also um, in the law of attraction. yeah. That's one sort of example of magical thinking. Um, I guess anything that involves the idea of manifestation, <laughs> manifesting <laughs> yeah. our future, which I think is something you and I talk about endlessly. So much, yeah. Um, you know, is and, and, you know, this is the kind of thing that came up a lot when I was unwell, yeah. you know, people would say, just be positive. Yeah, if you think wow. positively, you'll get better. Wow. But in many circumstances, it's not as simple as just thinking it, right? That's right. Absolutely not. And because to me, that's an imbalance. You, you can't, it's yin yang. You can't have positivity without negativity. And if you um, can't see both, you're in trouble. And it's the same with um, your impact. Like, people are so inclined to see their negative impact or 
the good expectations met. I don't know if they link together exactly. I don't want to go off track, but it's easy to see your positive impact. And yet, if you can't see your negative impact, you miss so much and you actually become really um, lopsided or really stagnant because and and you you fall into that missing that's that uh, the relationships you have because you only want to see the positive is that do you understand yeah what I'm absolutely but yeah. actually I'm wondering and I, I would think it's a fairly safe call for me to say would you not think that you and I are more inclined to see our negative impact? I think most people are. Yeah, right. But it's different. I think it, there's a difference between being self-critical and seeing your negative impact. Oh, okay. So your negative impact to me is the impact it has on your world and the ripple effect it has on others. So, you know, when uh, someone is hurt by an action and yet you're unwilling to acknowledge that and okay you don't like they need to take responsibility for their emotions and all that sort of stuff however you need to be responsible for the impact that your actions had so a negative impact to me is like that whereas self-criticism is different oh, so that, yeah okay, yeah, yeah so right, we right. will look at oh I didn't do that I didn't do that yeah, rah, rah, rah. we're more likely to be our harshest critics for sure which I, I think is is a negative impact oh, in itself yeah. and that actually um is what I recognized last week is that how unkind we can be um in our expectations when, when we of miss ourselves. out of ourselves you know when we think in our brains we we had these voices, we had all this information, we had la, 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 and that didn't come out the way you expected it to and so therefore you just go bang, bang, bang and tear yourself apart and that's that's a negative impact on yourself. Yeah, yeah. for sure. And it yeah. certainly had us both feeling pretty average at some point really like that week. Yeah. yeah, it was vulnerability, wasn't it? Yeah. And then, But luckily... Mm. By the end of that week, we'd both come back around. We both separately wrote mm, a list. Yeah. Um, you called yours our mission. I just wrote a list of what I have to have. <laughs> no, I, I don't think that's what I said. What I need, you know, from this experience. Mm. And in actual fact, our lists were identical. Yeah. And we came back exactly to what started this in the first place, mm. that this is not a podcast about, us going off and doing all this research and presenting all of these scientific facts. Yeah, no, no, no. No, it's about us coming and having today a cup of tea and coffee and a glass of wine um, and and talking the way we talk, Yeah, authentically, openly, right or wrong, tossing around ideas. Mm. Um, Oh, sorry. Can I just say, without sidetracking, I I love uh, and have to acknowledge that I've seen you progress over the last couple of years from someone who certainly wouldn't tiptoe around stuff but someone who has developed the courage to acknowledge um, that silent contract in relationships and it's so inspiring and when I was driving home today, Let's Talk, the fantastic, is it a foundation? Yeah. I don't want to get it wrong but, yeah, Let's Talk 
has some signage on the highway on the way back from Ballarat. And I was like, oh, that's so cool. And the last one I saw is um, Conversations Take Courage. And I went, oh, my God. And you are such a great example. You're so courageous and becoming more and more courageous when you actually embrace that you, you love the person enough to really want the most out of the relationship and the most for you and the most for them that you can both be together and that courage is it's really great like it's it's becoming a great great thing that I am inspired by a lot because because those conversations take courage and that silent contract is so damaging yeah because it actually thank you for saying that first of all you're, I, you're one of the people that I I, oh, I don't know how to say it I mo- you I, ho- I have you on a pedestal you're one of oh my you're almost my I don't even know how to say it without reducing it to something but in terms of like my spiritual development and growth you are my mentor oh wow yeah so to have you notice that growth in me and it's the same growth that I notice in me yeah just even comparing today to 12 months ago yeah yeah and I I am proud of it it's something I do consciously so to have you actually notice like it's just it just means the world to me so thank you for saying that oh you're welcome thank you for being that I've completely forgotten the other point. Oh, um, so we the, the damaging relationships yeah. where we don't speak mm. about the contract. Yeah, um, it actually can create a self fulfilling prophecy. And the research, I just said we're not going to talk about research, but this is really interesting to me. Yeah, so. The person that never lets you down, the person that lives up to the the silent contract, yeah. um, you set up for success. Okay. You give them much more accurate feedback. You give them mm. much more, um, you know, body language and facial expression. You give them um, much more uh, encouragement and point them in the right direction, right? Totally. You set yep. them up to succeed. Yes. But sadly, the opposite is also true. So when somebody fails your silent contract, you are much more likely to set them up for failure. Totally. And that's that complete self-fulfilling prophecy. And so in terms of it damaging a relationship, Mm. oh, my God, it can kill it. Completely. Yeah. Yeah. So it completely does. And the, the work is in the calling it out. Yeah. It's in the that tough. And it's tough at first and it only becomes easier because the understanding can come into it once you are both on the same page. It, it, initially it's the calling out like a almost in a conversation of, well, what was the rolling of the eye? You know, if, for example, you just be, someone in that conversation would roll their eyes, it's like, well, that was a good eye roll, like, you know, come on what was that you know and it's confronting and it's tough and yet and it can be very very um hard work it can be hard work until you start to write that contract together like you tear Mm. up those contracts 
And that's, again, that the difference between a contract and a commitment, you know, like contracts are what you write yourself, aren't they, maybe, that are never read by anyone else, whereas a commitment is something where the both all the contracts are laid down and you go, well, I'll take that bit, let's take that bit and put it together and let's work on that and let's work on this. And then you form, a, well, a marriage, you know, in any sort of a relationship, a marriage just being a union of two people, more two or more people, like key... Uh, key work is communication. Absolutely. And equality. Oh, yeah. God, yeah. Yeah. And it's about balance, isn't it? So, Mm. well, equality is balance. Mm, mm. And it's about leaving your ego at the door, leaving expectations at the door. Your fears, your... Yeah, and and then it's the vulnerability, like, you know, where... Be prepared to be vulnerable. Oh, my God. Brenna Brown. Renee Your Brown, queen. my absolute divine <laughs> guru. Everyone's queen. Oh, she's incredible. But, yeah, just to because vulnerability without wanting to go into vulnerability, but it's that natural state of being where you're just open. Openness. Yeah. yeah. And you're like, right, well, Jesus Christ, I'm shaking <laughs> to from head to toe here, but this is this is my little voice, you know, this is what I want to say. Anyway, we're blabbing on. But um, Mm. we used to say as kids, I I don't know if my sister will remember this, but and I don't even know how it came about, but our parents were very much low expectation people. Like they they always um, took themselves down a couple of notches in order to put someone else up a couple of notches and, you know, we were very much like don't speak until you've spoken to, all that sort of stuff. And somehow my sister and I used to say that, well, if I don't expect it, if I actually say, no, I'm not going to get this, I'm going to get this instead, we'll actually get what we say we're not going to get. Just like oh, yeah. Really like totally mind-twisting. Yeah. But we would go, oh, if we say I'm not going to get a bike for Christmas, I definitely think we're going to get one. But my expectations won't be there, so we won't be And then if you do get it, you'll be so super happy and surprised. Totally, yeah. yeah. I think people exist on that premise. Yeah, wow. Um, to aim low so as not to be disappointed. Yeah. But I think also I think this is a whole other episode <laughs> because this is getting very long. Time, yeah. But, I mean, I think people then keep themselves very stuck, living a very small life, um, so mm. as to not be disappointed mm. by not having mm. something met. They and don't. Looking, yeah. This is where expectations can be bad. If you expect your needs to never be met and so therefore you stop putting yourself mm. out there, whatever that means, um, then your world stays very small. Mm. And I see that a lot in the clinic as well. Well, it stagnates and then you live in fear. Mm. And then then Yuck. in fear comes all of this pain and suffering because you're not allowing yourself exactly. to grow and bloom and follow your destiny, like create a reality that you love rather than living in fear. Yeah, mm. gosh, there's it there has to be a good side to expectations, I feel like we're Well there are no, we've that, said but, that there are. We said oh. that they motivate us. We said that they Oh, the chicken bit. Yeah, that yeah. was about your chickens. Your chickens. My chickens. You're a chicken. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely there's a role for expectations, but only yeah. when they're based on um, 
when they're realistic, mm. when we set ourselves up to succeed. Mm. Um, and, and that's that, that. This is I love that feeling of having, all right, I'm going to go back to the egg, having a big egg, right, of your dream. Say your, your dream's in an egg and then each day as you revisit your dream, you chip away at the egg until you come down to the fine gem that it is and you've chiselled it into what it is that's not only coming from you but also in my view, coming from your higher self, coming from the universe, if you like, coming from the unseen, like working in a tangent. And I remember learning, always wishing, 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 wishing and not getting. And I'd be like, God damn it, you know, I'm doing all this work and I'm taking responsibility and why isn't it happening? But I'd miss the key point which you mentioned before, which is you actually have to act. You actually have to line up with your expectation and go, oh, how am I going to do that? What do I need? Who do I pull in? What tools do I have? What people do I know? Even like bringing this podcast together, once you were, bang, you'd made that decision to do it, people just dropped in. Oh, can you do this? Are you going to do that? I can do this. You know, anyway, it's just, it's a great concept to play with, I feel. Absolutely. So, in closing, because yes, sorry. people probably tune out about the 45-minute mark. walked off so the if cliff. still with us, thank <laughs> you. <laughs> but we're not saying expectations are bad all the time. No. There's certainly a lot of circumstances in which they can be unhelpful in your life. Hopefully in talking about those uh, implicit social contracts of ours that might just give you some food for thought about where you might use that in your life and where you might start to, uh, I guess, behave or act differently around that kind of thing. Tear them up. Take ownership. Mm. um, Be assertive in your communication. So many people um, get so confused between being assertive and being aggressive because yeah. they've been so accustomed to being passive yeah. or even passive-aggressive in their communication yeah. that when they begin to n- realise that they have a right to express their own opinions and mm. their thoughts and feelings, it feels aggressive to them. Yeah. But that is, I'm doing a lot of work with a lot of people at the moment around that. So That's so true. So this is probably just the beginning of another conversation. Yeah. We'll look forward to coming back to you in another fortnight. Mm. Um, I'm not sure. Do we have a topic yet? Because it's no, your turn I again. don't. Not I yet. actually It'll don't be have a, a surprise. Topic. I've got a couple I'm choosing between. But as per your request, we end each episode with um, five little questions Ooh. that I get to ask you today. Okay. Okay, here we go. Okay. Some are short, some are long. Okay. So... I want you to visualise you're at your 80th birthday party. Okay. You're blowing out your candles. Yeah. And your very big cake. With <laughs> <laughs> my big expectations. What are you wishing you did more of and what are you wishing you did less of as you look back over your life? I'm, wow, wishing I loved more. And I'm wishing I did less silent aggression. <gasps> Wowzers, well, you've got some homework from I today. I have, haven't I? Jeepers, creepers. Okay, I've got two minutes. As per <laughs> usual when I talk to you, I always leave with homework. <laughs> <laughs> okay, who 
out of everyone in the entire world, past, present or future, would you like to sit on a park bench with and have a chat? Oh, gosh. Oh, jeepers, creepers. Who would I sit on a park bench with? Do they have to be human? No. Oh, who would I sit on a park bench with and have a chat with? I'd have to say, ah! oh, <laughs> I'd have to say God. <gasps> Wowzers. Well. Sorry, goddess, but I would actually have to, and God, because I'm so used to looking at God, I suppose, but God, goddess, yeah. Okay, we'll explore that one day. Yeah. Do you push the elevator button more than once? Oh, yes. Why? Bloody hell. Because I'm so impatient. <laughs> so hurry up. Okay. Summer or winter? Both. Uh, and cats or dogs? Both. Both. You're oh. an anomaly. <laughs> Okay, well, thank you for another awesome yeah, thank conversation. You. Thanks for having me. You're not me allowed to listen to this again now. <laughs> Never. I am not re-listening. I am um, not a perfectionist. Okay, and thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you. We're thank so you for grateful. your support. It's amazing. Thanks so much. All right. See you in a fortnight. Bye. Bye.